Mel and Kel, and this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? All right, we're back with another episode, and lucky for you guys, we stole another hour of Connie's time. I know you enjoyed her last episode, so we're having her back. Here I am, folks. <laughs> we, we were drinking during lunch. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, that takes us to today's topic. Ooh, yes, actually Go, good. Good segue. <laughs> we're always looking for a good segue. Anyway. And that, we didn't even drink during lunch, but that's, that's a good one. So we are going to be talking about winemaking growing one of up. our favorite, uh, or me personally, uh, my favorite childhood memory and tradition. In activity as well? As an adult, <laughs> yes. Yes, now currently. I like consuming the product. <laughs> you don't make it now on your own. Uh, I don't, but my father still does. And I most certainly support uh, his winemaking and, and really enjoy drinking it. <laughs> Right. All right, so so it definitely sounds like you're you're going to be our resident expert on winemaking oh, today. All right, because expertise. I certainly was around it as a kid. My grandfather would make wine, but, and I have certain random memories from it. But I don't think I've gone through the process like you have every year of your life. <laughs> and I mean, we're going back. I was. Very vividly, four, five, six years old, this was the event of the, it's always fall time. Yeah. We looked forward to it every year because we all lived in uh, a three tenement. It was my aunt, uh, then my family, and then my godparents up top, and all the kids would just, we'd line up outside. Uh, oddly enough, because obviously you're going you're gonna to crush these grapes with your feet. So you have, uh, let's see, five, five, six of us. Uh, we're all outside, playing outside, usually barefoot, and then it'd be it'd open up the cellar door, and there would there would be right in the room, just the tub, the tin tub with all said grapes from at that po- at that time we had the vine, the grape, the vineyard yep. uh, outside. So grapes were already caught. They're in this tub, and then we'd line up one by one, and there was this blue panna. What do you call that? A, a, a pan? Yeah, yeah, a, a panna. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I still struggle with like <laughs> in the English real English, English words. Like, oh my god, it's a pana. I don't know. Um, it'd be full with water, and we'd just line up, and then my dad would be sitting on the stool, and we'd go one by one. And of course, you always wanted to be first, <clears throat> so I'd go in because then that's the cleanest water. So we'd dip our feet in, scrub them off really quick, then jump into a clear, a clean little thing of water. So the the blue pana was big. So both feet could be submerged and yeah. washed, but then you'd lift up one, dry a little bit, and then dip it into clear water, like to rinse, and then step in the tub full of grapes, and then do the other with the other foot, get in there, and then, oh, God, that sensation of the, the oozage just <laughs> smushing through your feet. Like, picture sand, right? You're on the beach, and you're always, like, kind of digging your toes, but uh, very wet and a uh, little bursts. <laughs> A fantasticness, <laughs> like when the, the skin of the grape pops. Man, it, and of course, when you're the first one in, you get all these fresh grapes, right? Oh, But yeah. then it, everybody would keep going. You have to keep pushing down. And that, then when everybody's in there, you're talking six kids in this At the same time. tub. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you have to, you got to muddle the grapes, right? <laughs> and you're just smashing. That was, 
I mean, the, it was pure joy. Like we had the time of our lives just smushing grapes with our feet. It was so great. And we'd, we'd be in there for a while. And then, and okay, daddy's telling, okay, okay, that's enough. You have to step on the, the towels and at that point, you don't really care, right? right? Step on the towel. Now you're in the other bucket, rinsing off. Have to step <laughs> on a dry towel one by one. He had his assembly line yeah. ready. And, and, and also, like, you'd think, because we were younger at the time, that it, there would be a lot of chaos. Like we, everybody wanted to fight to be the first one stuff, but there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of arguing going on because it was just, yes, we get to smush the grapes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It was awesome. I, I would love to do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I never did. I don't know how my grandfather smushed him, but he never... I never smushed them with my feet. Well, I don't know what other way you smush grapes. Like, I don't, like, right now, obviously, my dad's not having his children right. and nieces and nephews <laughs> crush the grapes with their feet, but I don't know the actual process. Did your dad have that, like, wooden wine press? My dad always had one of those. You know, like, it's like, looks like a cylinder type thing, and it's like a, and it's wooden, and you would put your grapes in there and you would crush okay. it. It's like a little barrel. Oh, yeah. It looks like a little barrel. I'll post a picture on Instagram. <laughs> but uh, it's like a little wooden barrel. And then I guess the thing on top, you fill it up with the grapes okay. and then you would just like press it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so I wonder if that has to be right. Yeah. Like I vaguely remember like more. And I don't know if this was the pressing process or what, but it was like a five gallon bucket that then had like like a piece of plywood that was the shape of the five gallon bucket with like a little handle on it and you would just take the that plywood press and you would just smush it down smush into it. the five gallon bucket but i don't know if that was this or if i'm thinking something else maybe no. that was the peppers i think oh, oh was that the pimenta salgada oh, oh my god i, I was god. gonna say i think it's something i think like you did that if you didn't have that wood press thing because i remember doing that too like my dad i remember my dad having like a a behave and having something like this like and you'd think Probably it had to be wood because you're making wine in the barrels. If you're not yeah. keeping it in the right. barrel, so it gives that that wood flavor. Yeah. I think I'm confusing. It, it might be both, but I think it, I'm confusing I mean, the it with the process. the you know the pimenta salgada. Yeah. My dad would always have in the garage like a whole five gallon bucket yeah. with the with the plywood piece on top that would hold yeah. it in place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you could use the same things. I yeah. feel like I remember that before getting the wood that wine press wooden yeah. like basket type things my dad had that after for a little while well you know what i can't really think of is what was done with the smushed grapes after like you have this grape juice but i don't my memory is so vivid of the the having the time of my life mm -hmm. squishing the grapes that i don't know after the fact like that was a big tin tub they go, how did you get that out? Did you scoop it? Like, I have to have an interview with my father and be like, we have to go over the winemaking process. Yeah, like, I get confused because when, to, like, kind of prepare for this episode, I had looked up this different steps of how, like, people today, like, make their wine. And I'm like, my dad didn't do mm -mm. these steps. No, how do Portuguese people yeah, make wine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they didn't do, like, okay, you crush the grapes, it just sits and waits to get fermented like it has to be fermented and then what what do you do well we know we know there's no waste right so they did no. something with yeah. that shit no, no. <laughs> they're making some mamlada or yeah, something with that sure. right yeah 
Let me put on my nice fresh pop sock. I made this downstairs. <laughs> you want something? Look, two things. Uvish and uvish. So my dad, same thing too. My dad does it still every year, but he kind of retired the whole crushing grapes. So now he buys like the grape juice already right. pre-made, which oh. kind of sucks. Yeah. So oh, that's now. Cheetah, yeah. cheetah. A lot, of them, a lot of them do it now that yeah. way though. Well, because now we don't have the grapevine. You see. Now my uncle had the grapevine, but he's since passed. And also my father was the one who would always go and cut down the grapes. And now he just gets the juice. Yeah. So. It's not as fun anymore. Man, I, oh, I would love to just. To have my daughter come, just be like, all right, guess what we're doing today? Like, think, all think it, of how cool. I want to do that now. I, I want to smush So you've, se- you've seen that I Love Lucy episode, right? No. Of what? I don't know. Lucy Is and she... Ethel, like, smashing the grapes with their feet. Oh, in the... no. I think, like, I remember, like, seeing something like that, but no, I don't really remember so it too well. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm making no, you're it probably up. right. No. It was a fever dream. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think I think there's an I Love Lucy episode with Lucy and Ethel, and they're just in like a big barrel, oh, and they're so smashing grapes great. with their feet. And that's all I can think about yeah. when you're explaining this if story. You probably the look on their face, like, hey, so excited. Right. This is so much fun. <laughs> if So if we take a step back, that's like the... I don't know what part of the process you want to call that, the extraction of the grape juice, the, the smooshing process. But if you take a step back to the harvesting as like step one. Oh, yeah. Harvesting the grapes. Like you said, everybody had a vinya. Yeah. That was like the thing. Yeah. I, nowadays, it's kind of more far and few between. Right. But anytime you see a, a vinya in a, a yard, you're like, oh, Portuguese, Portuguese. people. Yeah. And also, uh, Mary is also in the bathtub in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that was like a, everybody had, growing up, it was like, yeah. everybody had a grapevine in their backyard. Well, because also, why are you going to go out and buy wine right. when you can make it yourself? They could make anything. I mean, they're <laughs> the green thumb of, man, Portuguese culture. Ridiculous. Like, I can't keep one house plant alive, and they are just out right. there cultivating everything. We had a very large above ground pool at my father's still current house, and then probably 10 years ago, a tree fell on it. So it's like, oh, you know, kids are out of the house. We're going to take it down. It is now a giant and has been for for eight years now. It is a giant, giant, the whole size of the pool garden. And every, I mean, the batatas that this man <laughs> produces, like I, I don't buy them at the store. I, anytime I run out of potatoes, I'm like, uh, dad, can I uh, come by and pick up potatoes? Like they literally can grow anything. And same, I kill... Things you have to water once a week. I I can't. Did I not? I haven't figured out how to keep a plant alive. I'm overwatering, underwatering, and I don't know which one is which. So I'm correcting in the wrong direction all the time. (laughs) No, still dead. And yet, a week ago, I had my daughter's birthday party here, and my uncle was here, and he is collecting seedling like plants from my yard and putting them in a Seven Up bottle to take home. Filled it with water and all the root. He pulled the whole root structure out of the ground with these things. He said, these are nice plants. I'm going to plant these in my yard. Put it in a 7-Up bottle. Let them all lined up nice. And he took them home to go plant in his yard. I'm like. (laughs) And and they're going to thrive. They are going to thrive. Yes. Those plants have never had a better life. (laughs) So every time we go to my brother's apartment, my mom's always checking all my brother's plants. (laughs) He has like a bunch of them that my mom has given him. But every time we probably go over like once every other week he lives close by 
and she's always like sticking her fingers in the soil saying ah ah this needs much agua oh you gotta move this one for more sun oh mommy's gonna take this plant home she's gonna bring it back to life and bring it bring it back and it's like just so you can kill it again <laughs> oh my, my mom seriously can bring like any plant back to life it's i mean that's just what they grew up around i guess mom, so like they green know bean green thumb it's yeah. nice they like need to work true. at like a dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god! Oh, the, Daddy, they got into marijuana. Here's, here's some seeds, Connie. What's this? Uh, uh, you'll learn later. I say it all the time. I'm like, my mom needs to get a gig at a freaking marijuana place because those freaking plants will be thriving. <laughs> Didn't your mom say something about like you have to talk to the plant in Portuguese or something? Yeah, my like, mom talks to her plants. Yeah, well, it's yeah. true because they're taking the... My mom talks to her plants. She, like, cl- she even cleans them and dusts them. You're supposed to, like, like give massage them. the <laughs> leaves. Acre de plantes sagradas. My grandmother has, like, a jungle. She's, like, replaced, like, her dining room table had to, like, move out of the way so she could put a jungle over Not there. Not enough with room for the, her plantas. There's, there's 42 plantas that should have to be right there in the sun at the, that front window. And, like, it's a jungle. And then she's, again, constantly they're rotating and they're massaging and they're... It's a lot of work. Pr- pr- like, praying the rosary to the plantas, whatever they're doing. Might yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 So for, like, Christmas, when we did, like, the Christmas village... My mom, like, halfway through the village, halfway through December, the village would have those, um... The poinsettias? Not the poinsettias. The grass. The grass coming out. There's a specific Uh, name for it. The grass. And my mom would be like, oh, geez, it needs to be near the manger. Because I'm like, but did Jesus have grass? No, because it was a desert. (laughs) I guess I don't understand. Why do we need this grass in the village? In the Christmas village? Because he didn't have grass. But it's green, looks nice. And it's like a little, you would just do like a little small cut. It's like in a small I know what you're cup. talking about. Yeah. I know the grass. grass just oh, grows along. One of my patients had an entire, their whole dining room turned into a grand zap. Oh. And there was, it's the green grass and there's an, uh, another plant that was just placed everywhere. Right. And oh that's my God. grown at that time so that they, it's nice and fresh. But I don't like, what is the correlation to there's the Christmas not, village? There's not. Well, because also just... the prezap is all covered in fake moss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, again, I'm, I'm not too sure that Jesus was that white and there was that much greenery at the time of his birth. So my village? Desert in December? Probably not. This is, was Jesus born in San Miguel? <laughs> I think so, yeah. So my Christmas village was, um, we, me and my brother would always do it and we added a lot of snow. We tried to like put a lot of snow. Half of it was like... Half of the village was full of snow, and the other half was like a desert. <laughs> and then, like, my grandmother sent uh, for my birthday, because my birthday's also in December. My grandmother sent, um, like, she knew that I loved making the village. So she sent me this village set, like, Jesus, you know, the three kings and all the animals and the manger. She sent that from like, Portugal. So my mom's like, you gotta, no, you gotta be careful with this. This is from Ziyish. You know, if this, is, this is your gift. Like, when you make your village with your kids, you're going to use this. I'm like, okay. This is for life. <laughs> this, is, this is your village. So it's funny because so when I do it, all my little figurines that I've like gone through the years, like, you know, from Michaels and whatever, Ames, Bradley's, you know. Barbie dolls. Yeah. They're so small. And then I have these big, <laughs> massive <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, the big manger, a freaking big ass donkey. And I'm like, it just doesn't. see some jackass. It doesn't that- blend. <laughs> That's the my biggest concern Doesn't with my sense. mom's prezap. Like from afar, all well, good. 
When you start coming up close and you start looking around at what's going on in that zap, you look and the proportions are all off. Oh. The people are three times towering three times over the little houses, and you're like, "What is going on here?" Happy Meal toys, circa '88, oh, yeah. yes. '90s, even. My mom the other day. I took. I have a picture actually. I went over there and I'm looking through and I'm like, oh, "Okay, nice prezap." And if Simba, Simba's in the prezap. Oh, I'm tired. He I wants mean, to be. He doesn't want the Messiah no. over there. Sushi. Simba wants to be the king. <laughs> oh my! Simba's trouncing around. He's like, "This doesn't look like Pride Rock," <laughs> but I'm confused. There's snow. There's yeah. grass. <laughs> so my brother would throw in little figurines too. It'd always be like Spider Man, Batman. Batman. So then he would be like, "Oh, Cal, I threw in a new one in the village. You can go look." And go I'm like, "It's like go find it." And I'm like, "Oh, and it, you know, and it's so big, so you don't know where they're putting." It's like. I have Aquaman in the ocean, the fake, the fake pond that we made. Aquaman, some women in there. I'm all these like, and it's like it just doesn't make any sense. Batman's bringing the frankincense. <laughs> they use, they use a little like mirror to make the pond, right? A, pond. a little spiel. Yeah. And you put the spiel down to make a pond. Yeah. You really see your reflection. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So we. <laughs> it's sitting above there. Oh my god. Yeah, it it's really something else with those mangers, man. And like my dog, I've always had dogs. My mom Same. would put this whole manger oh, together man. and it's like Godzilla coming through there. The dog is just boom, boom, just chomping them Ninja Zeus. Get them Ninja Zeus. We had I had to tape my mom wanted um like a dove thing on top of the manger. Like so my manger that I got for, from from C ish, she's like, You gotta put a little uh, Holy Spirit you know, on top of so the only thing I could think of was like, let me tape this this bird <laughs> on top of the manger because how else are you gonna do it? The manger is like on a slant; it's not gonna like sit there. So I'm taping it. It's on top of the manger. <laughs> so I guess throughout the night or whenever, at some point, oh. it came off. <laughs> the tape undid and came off and cracked Jesus right in the head. <laughs> oh my god! So I actually have a cracked Jesus. The one you're bed. supposed to have for life. The one I'm supposed to have for life. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be like seven years of bad luck, right? I know, probably, Ooh, at right? Least, at least. That's you're talking I, a, a mirror. That's why why Baby been, Jesus. That's serious. That's why, why I've been single this whole time. <laughs> no, no, that's a blessing, Karina. <laughs> <laughs> Love yous, everybody. Oh, man. We need to, we, we're like, we, we, were, we were on winemaking, harvesting, and we took, we took a, a left turn to the Prasad. We talked I mean, about plants. All, <laughs> it's all related. It's all, it's all relative yeah, here, friends. Like, but, the, like the Portuguese people. Yeah, all related. It's all, it's all relative. <laughs> the Prasad and the winemaking, it's all, all one. So... Back to harvesting. Yeah. Everybody had a grapevine. Yep. Yeah. And I have, I can't, you never know if like you remember something because it's your actual memory or because you've seen it in a photograph a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But there's photos of me when I was four and I'm with my cousins. And so I remember you were very involved in the smooshing. I was very involved in the harvesting with the cousins and stuff. So it was my dad's grapevine in my own yard. and all the cousins would come over and this is just such a good example of our generation like millennials and how things were adapted from the way they were in the olden days to like millennial culture in the 90s whatever so i had all these like fisher price 
yard toys. I had a big, you know, red and blue Fisher Price slide, and I had a this big yellow seesaw and whatever. And they incorporated all that into the harvesting process. So because I was four, I couldn't reach the top of the venya to cut the uvish, to cut the grapes down. So we would set up all these little like processes and mechanisms where I would be standing on the top step of the slide, holding these sharp shears in my hand at four years old. Four. <laughs> And I'm and there's pictures and I'm up there and I'm cutting the uvish down from the grapevine and then you would slide the the process was impeccable you'd slide it down the slide and there would be that box wooden crate for the uvish waiting at the, the bottom crate. of the slide the crate I remember the crate the crate is so specific <laughs> yes. right and that crate would we'd set it up at the bottom of the slide so the process was I'd cut the uvish down the slide into the crate. And on the seesaw, I had two older cousins that would stand each one on the seat of the seesaw and with a crate down below at each of their feet. And they'd go up one. One would go up, cut the uvish. The other one come down, put it in the crate. The other one is up, cut the uvish. I mean, if that's not Portuguese ingenuity it's at its so finest. Efficient. The <laughs> efficiency is impeccable. The whole system, the, the, whole, whole, every, the whole way it works. Yeah. Putting your children to work at an early age. <laughs> Much like their childhood. I mean, oh, right. you're four? Take the shears, stand up on top of that slide. Watch this. <laughs> Which is just so odd to me because the amount of anxiety that they have about everything, but yet they're over there just letting your kids with the right. four-year-old with the shears cutting the grapes. None of it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, they just have different anxieties <laughs> Yeah, about what they're not things. supposed yeah. to have anxieties about. They're full-on right. crazy. Right. But that was not an anxiety for them. But I, I definitely remember you'd fill up all those kashots, all those crates mm-hmm. of grapes. And that, then you'd bring them over to, they probably went from there. Because my dad wasn't making the wine in his yeah, own so basement. Somebody so, was purchasing the grapes or he was giving it to them. I and, think he was probably bringing it to my grandfather's basement. And he was yeah, doing it there. But the process. So I know my dad had to buy more grapes too. Like he, we had our grapes from the vineyard, but then he also ordered some. So I would just remember like a bulk of grapes would be getting dropped off in the crates in <laughs> I was my involvement was just eating the grapes. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> had to be good. <laughs> but do you guys remember the, the fruit grapes? Flies? The grapes I was picking. She was they get into her house over there to go <laughs> oh make her wine. Oh my god! I was doing the labor so she could get the grapes <laughs> and, and the then wine. Daddy over there. needed to buy more grapes because yeah. you were eating them. Could do you guys remember though? I just like really like my dad did it in his basement every October. Still does it. Um, just the fruit flies. Oh my god! It's it drives still, my mother nuts. Still, because my my father still makes it. Yeah, so still fruit flies. It's just like, it is flying everywhere. Oh. Like it just. So yeah. did, would it infiltrate into like the house upstairs? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because this was in, like, in the basement. It'd be because we'd always leave the basement door open, and then we all and even now. Like when he makes it, they are very much in his home. Yeah, like, it's for like hey, a good we go. solid few weeks. Yeah, that the fruit flies yeah. like you hanging around to, your house. You got to take care of them. It's like get rid of them. Oh my god! It's like you just you know you're in your kitchen and just one will yeah. just like fly right by you. <laughs> got him. Right. So yeah. let let's talk about. Do you was this like a legal process? Was I, there something Ill, like? I are you allowed to just so. like brew your own? Yeah, they have like brew kits now, like where you can, like guys can make their yeah. own beer at home. I mean, right, right, right. You can buy yeah. like kits on Amazon. You probably just can't, you could do it probably for your own consumption and just not like, like sell, sell it, it probably, right? right? I, I would assume so, but that's something to look into. <laughs> Daddy, um, <laughs> look your dog, be careful, no one again, throttle. 
the cops show up. He's like, you want to try my wine? It's fresh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my dad would offer booze to any, any, anyone that was delivering anything to the house, like yeah. furniture, a fridge, anything. Do you oh, want yeah. something to drink? Maybe alcohol. I do no. home care. Yeah. I have a lot of Portuguese, especially around Christmas time. Oh. Guys, you call Zane? You want a shot? I'm like, oh my God. It's like, 10 a.m. <laughs> I have so many patients to see after this. I can't. I can't. And then they're upset that you've turned oh. down some right. shot. All right. So we're going, we're just making this episode a mshtuda of winemaking and Christmas because we're going to talk <laughs> Chris, Christmas visitas. Oh. My favorite. The Christmas Vizita. Okay. Tell me why you have to. It doesn't matter if you saw the person, if you just saw the person. If I went to your house, you have to come to my house. Yes. If I don't care if it's a three tenement and we're all in the same apartment downstairs, no. we have to go and stop in every apartment. Enter. Your cousin has to be in my sofa. Okay. Yeah. I have my treats upstairs. Yeah. You have to come and see my spread, yeah. right? Fresh bold massa. Listen, yeah, that's the same spread you have. Well, my daddy went and bought, he bought a Portugalia for all the houses, okay? So the spread you have over here, you're eating the same pavij upstairs. You're eating the same tr- miltrada upstairs, okay? It's favastradas. It's, it's the same stuff. Like, why do we have to go and move the whole party? There's six of us or whatever. And you got to go downstairs. You got to go upstairs to the third floor, to the side apartment. <laughs> That's literally what my childhood was. It was we all lived in the same three tenement house. And it was you. Ha- because if not, oh, they are mad. And you can't have that. So you have to go. Oh, it's nice to see you. You know, come to my house. <laughs> oh, I'm here right now. <laughs> I am here, in your here, house. Here just not on your floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just so, like, I never understood that concept. And when I married my husband and he's American, he couldn't understand it. Like, I would, we would go down, we'd, we'd, he'd, you know, map out the, the Christmas schedule of, okay, we're going to go and we're going to see my parents this day, your parents this day, he's whatever. Too organized. For, yeah, for Christmas. That's not how we roll. So he makes the schedule, okay? And then, so we'd see my parents for Christmas Eve or whatever. That's what they do. And then we'd leave there and my mom would be like, oh, I got to stop at your house. I got to yeah. still come stop at your house. And Brent's like, we just saw you. Like, we did our Christmas visita. What do you mean you got to stop no. at my house? She's like, no, I got to stop. Like, my American husband is taking that Christmas tree down the minute after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't wait till the 6th? No. Yeah. You have to wait. That's yeah, the, you that's have the, to. Ule, that's the lay. You can, the law <laughs> of the land, you cannot take. To, and, you know, I, I am Catholic, but I'm not super practicing. But I feel very terrible if I have to take my tree down before the 6th because the wise men did not arrive until the 6th. They're not going to know where to go if you take your trees yeah. out. They're not star. That's not enough. <laughs> they don't have a GPS. They don't have landmarks. Ah, I, and it's all sand. <laughs> they don't have footprints the... everywhere. The camels. If could they I... have a windstorm, there goes all those Forget footprints. It. They're not going to find them. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jesus is not going to get his gifts. <laughs> The frankincense. <laughs> the myrrh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so my mom will want to come like between Christmas and New Year's or whatever, mm-hmm. or even a few days after. Mm-hmm. She'll want to make her trip up here to come yeah. see your tree. And it's my like, husband's like, that shit's been on the street in <laughs> yeah, the trash for like a week and a half. It's on fire. It's yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. Just ridiculous. It's so funny how they're all the same. Did you guys... um? When you guys would do your visitors with your parents, my father would always want me and my brother in the car. Oh, if they yes. ask you for, if they ask you if you're thirsty, if you're hungry, you say no. 
No. You can't have it. You can't eat any of this. Treats. You can't. Not, you, you say nothing. You want nothing. Because you, you, it was like a thing that they were worried. No. Not that they, they were worried that like they were going to think they didn't feed you. Yeah, which is so ironic because when you get to, if somebody comes to your home, you are just inclined to feed them right. all the food and drink that you have. Like you're busting out the the fine wine and all this stuff. And yeah, so no, it, I and would, it was, they'd, they'd preface it with, listen, yeah, nada. Nada. Okay? <laughs> so you would get to the house, you're, you know, you're doing your Sunday visita with your parents and you're at so-and-so's house. My parents can have like a drink of like, you know, glass of wine or whatever. But like, if they asked us if we wanted a Coca-Cola, we had to sit there and say no. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Shit suds. Oh, <laughs> no. Shit And then, you know, they would obviously still, like, I feel like I just remember a couple of times, like, they'd put, like, the can and, like, a glass in front of me. But it's like, I just, just look at it. look at it. Looking like, at your dad, looking at the glass, looking at your dad, looking like, at the glass. Am I going to get beat right now if I open this can of soda? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be beat. Just the silence and the glare. Yeah. God. Sometimes they would open it for me and they would pour it in the glass, even if I said no. And I was like, now I have no choice. Because then if you it. don't drink it, <laughs> now that's you're more in trouble because you're wasting. Yep. How dare you? So I'd always like pray, like, oh, open the can so I can have it. Your parents were like, no, that. Oh, yeah, no, my no, father, no. He like would give us a, like a warning before we get into the house. Yeah. Like, you don't take anything from them. You say you're not hungry. That and also, like, we were fuck? always told to not, like, you cannot open the fridge. Yes. Although, like, now that I think about it, why would I just go open someone's fridge? Right. But we were always warned, you don't eat and you don't open the fridge. And now, like, as an adult, my friends come over and they're like, hey, what's in here? And I'm just like, I get a little bit of igneous. Not that yeah, I care, yeah, yeah. but it's like, oh. Oh, it's like forbidden. Yeah. You can't, can't open someone's fridge. Like, what are you doing? Gonna hit, my dad's going to hit you. <laughs> he's going to be he's real mad. in my fridge. <laughs> Oh man, no. So I don't ever remember. Always oh, like that's why it was like, all right, these Sunday visitas kind of blow because yeah. me and my brother wouldn't get anything out of it. Like we would just have to sit there. And if they had kids, cool, because then we can, you know, you play with their kids. But yeah. if they didn't, you're just sitting there in silence. You're just sitting there in silence and so watching what, your can of Coca Cola that you can't drink. Like, what's the rationale there? Like, is he afraid that they're gonna do like contage of like your kid? I think took they just they think like you're not being fed at home. And I'm like, if you clearly yeah. see my brother, that's not the case. <laughs> my brother had to see like a nutritionist as a child because he was being fed too much. So, Dad, they're not gonna be worried that we're not. They being know fed. you're lying. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's like in their I don't know. It was always, yeah. I could never take anything from anyone. Maybe that stems back to them being poor. So they have to have and keep what they have. So if right. they're giving it to someone else, they have less. So. so I think now when I go over people's houses and if they ask me if I want anything, I automatically always just say no. Yeah. And then they're like, Are you? and then, you know, if they ask me again, I'm always like, all right, yeah, I'll have, I'll have water, I'll have yeah. wine. But I'm always just like, no, right away. I'm like, no, I'm good. If deep down, I'm like thirsty as hell. Note to self: When Kelly comes over, just pour the wine. Yeah, yeah. You just <laughs> crack open no. the can. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to understand. No, <laughs> it's just but the it's way like, it okay, was. Your kids can't have it, but you guys can't. Can. You're the adults. What do you mean? You've earned this privilege oh. of their Christmas spread. <laughs> I know it's always the same spread. A little bowl of figs in the uh, side, yeah. like this. And it's no the one same spread. No one would ever touch the figs. My grandmother liked I a good fig, but I didn't eat it when I was younger. Fiege. I like them now. Sure it's because you couldn't. 
<laughs> She's like, I don't know if I just I'm, wasn't hungry. I know. Or... Now I'm rethinking my whole childhood. Yeah. Um, oh my god. You had said that there is a story that you have to tell. Oh, on the winemaking side. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we're back to winemaking. This is a little ping pong. We love this. I'm, I'm just really intrigued. I want to. I want to hear, hear the, the story. So I was talking to one of my cousins from Canada yesterday. Just leading into this episode and I was telling her that we were going to talk about winemaking just to see if she had anything of note that she wanted to say beforehand. And she said that you could not be near the winemaking process if you were menstruating. Oh my God. (laughs) I've never heard that. Why? Forbidden. Forbidden. Forbidden? You could not be near. It was going to sour the whole batch of wine if you were menstruating and you went near the winemaking process near like not even um i'm close to it but i mean i was four so that wasn't a problem (laughs) at the time but like if i was menstruating i couldn't squish said oh oh i mean you definitely couldn't squish them and they probably wouldn't have let you be in the basement oh my so these men would have to know that you're menstruating then. Can you imagine like, you're trying like, to keep it to yourself because you're dying to help with the, the winemaking process? And you're like, don't tell them. Can they see? Can they tell? Yeah, Can they yeah, tell yeah. I'm bloated? Mommy, mommy, don't tell, <laughs> don't tell daddy I have my kids off. Because <laughs> I want to help. Oh, she won't say. Elle a terre cause. Elle a She can't help today. So she told me that. And I had that same reaction. I was like, that's insane. Like, what do you mean? That's ridiculous. And so, of course, I got to the Google.com, right? You know? <laughs> I go, Let me see if this is for what real. What did you Google as your search? How did you search? Menstruation and winemaking. Basically, <laughs> yes. Yes. Winemaking, wine menstruation. Can um, you make wine while you're on your period? <laughs> and so a lot of variety of articles came up but but the all written by portuguese men no so like it was like all different stuff and i'm looking and then there was this one article that actually looked like it was what my cousin was referring to and i clicked on it and it was um a blog from an italian and and in canada and it same exact thing and i read through her blog and i read through it and i'm like it's not an italian person this is a portuguese blog like what what do you mean exactly the same exactly the same thought process and everything and so you read her story and literally like her grandmother pulled her aside and was like are you menstruating get out of here and just throughout her whole childhood was like could not go near it if she were menstruating and she assigned some kind of meaning to it about like the wine is the blood i think it becomes like religious you know like you know, the whole transubstantiation of the wine into blood and it was blood related and wine is good for your blood and period blood is bad blood. And so <laughs> exiting it's the exiting. Body. It must be running. bad, right? Right? Song do So somehow it was like, that's bad blood. We don't want bad blood in our good blood wine. Like what in the world? Man, but yet yeah, most people get excited. Like most people that are having sex are excited that they have their period. They got their period. <laughs> We're not pregnant, but we can't still can't make wine. 
Jeez. That is crazy. They had so many like superstitions. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. I want I mean, like an article from a gynecologist saying why you can't. No, you won't make find wine. that because it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> why you can't make wine while you're on your very end. Yeah, it's it, superstitions are they I mean it's like a religion. They follow it mm-hmm. so seriously. It's it's so, crazy. In high school I was in class with this girl and she was she was a mormon and she said that like she she can't dye her hair when she has her period and i was like is that a religion thing i remember like now that you're bringing up the whole menstruating in wine i just remember her saying like yeah like if i have my period i can't dye my hair but like why what I, like, what does that have that to just, do like, with anything now that just made me like kind of want to look that up later and see like what it, if it's it if could it's be a, a religious thing. thing is it a religion thing yeah. or is it just like or is it like a hairstyling thing <laughs> like a hair no. tip um, i'm gonna have to cancel my appointment i'm menstruating uh, i really need, need to do my roots so if uh, after the 25th if you're available <laughs> i don't even understand i like when you said the winemaking mentoring, and I just remember the girl in my class saying that. It's just ridiculous. But the superstitions that they had were unreal. Yeah. Like my, my favorite one that my grandmother used to tell me, tell me if you've heard this one. It was, L'arrangement mignon est dia à prata, d'nut mata. Oh, I've done. So, L'arrangement de mignon. Uh, so an orange in the morning is, is gold. gold. It's gold. good. Great. Laranja de dia at prata. It's silver. So during the day, it's silver. Still, it's all it's right. It's all right. At night, it will kill it you. It will kill you because Azia. <laughs> <laughs> if you have an orange at night and go to bed, ooh, hot burn. Yeah. But Mata? But Come on. <laughs> and so you know that... After, I don't know, I'll guess five o'clock-ish p.m., done. Nobody touches an orange, step away, you're done. Because snow, dead. <laughs> I, she told me that as like an eight-year-old, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I eat an orange yeah, before bed. Right. Like, so then, then it just gets instilled in you, and like even now, I'm it's, eating an orange it's before the evening, bed. and you look, and you're like, no, no, somebody's eating an orange, like, dear God. My it's da- not going to end well. It's my daughter's filling up her orange juice cup for her midnight snack. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you can't have this juice. Mommy's got to take it away from you. Yeah. Why, mommy? Oh, you know, you know. <laughs> you might die. Azia Malta. Oh, my God. But it's just, it's like lack of information that they had available to them at the time. Right. So... They had to assign some kind of meaning or some kind of reason or rationale for things happening. So if somebody just like died of a heart attack in the night, it was like, okay, what was the last thing he ate? Process of elimination. Yeah. Like, it was a laranja, orange, never again. See, right? It's like, it, that's a, that was the process because there was no. You didn't go to the doctor and get an autopsy, right. <laughs> and then once it stuck, it's just like, listen, just in case that's actually what happened. You are you gonna try it? No one eats an orange after. <laughs> After 5 p.m. They just instilled, like, so much fear with all these, like, little, like, traditions and, like, folklore that they had. And it's, like, it's insane. Yeah, Yeah, but it's still, it's so believed. They're they're so committed. Yeah. And even us, for our generation, even though we know it's ridiculous, like, I'll speak personally for myself, 
sometimes I'm still like, oh, like you go enter one door and leave out the other. I do that all the time. But when I'm like actively doing it and I think about it, I'm like, oh, like, (laughs) man, I hope, I hope this, this is is not real. Obviously it's not real, but deep down I'm like, um, okay. So if this is real, I forgot. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like my dad. My dad's biggest thing was when growing up, what which I'm sure maybe for you guys too was like you can't walk around the house barefoot. Yeah, you're gonna get you're an gonna, infection. You're gonna get an infection. You're gonna get a UTI or yeah. some kind of something. You, your urine is affected. Yeah. By by barefoot walking. And I remember complaining because it's like I think I had a UTI at one point when I was like a teenager or something, right? And I heard my because in my mind I must have been in pain or something, yeah. right? Whatever. And I heard my dad tell my mom, "Did she walk barefoot?" A sandwich, Galsa. How does the two and two go together? So even like that, that one is very still very. I have dominant in like I, I mean, stopped I'm right now. <laughs> yes, constantly being told because I, I sometimes I walk around barefoot, but even so, not around my dad because he, he'll say yeah. something. Yeah, that is so so prevalent. Yeah, and now I'll I'll tell them like no no science wise <laughs> this is impossible. Like there's no way I don't care what not even tetanus is going to affect your I don't need kidney bladder right. like you're fine. I that nothing. Where, what, so what is that born? And my grandmother. I mean, all of my family. Like that's hearing yes, that. Like I literally like your your arm hair stands <laughs> up, and you just get like chills down your back because you're like, oh my god, you just hear this so many times. Yeah. Like my grandmother, especially like on the my mom has like tile floors and the, the oh, cold yeah. tile. Forget so about it. Right. She so she always complain. Oh, special yeah. strong. I think give and, me a yeah. Always a douchebehiga. Now, how do you get to the bottom of that? Like. Yes. Was it because they had dirt floors? Like, <laughs> I think there was another reason that you had an infection. Right, right, right. Think- okay, so everybody's walking around barefoot. Everybody's sick. Yeah, there it is. That's what it's got <laughs> it's, to be affecting. It's the- because they they used to not have shoes. Right. right. <laughs> right. So like, yeah, I mean, that was just your day to day. You just didn't wear shoes. Like, that's not why. <laughs> another one was a big two, probably for you guys, was... Your hair can't yeah, be wet. Oh, you cannot. You are gonna go outside with your hair wet. Vaja panya free. You are gonna, you are gonna die. catch a cold. You're gonna get pneumonia, and that's it. You're done. Yep. I'm yeah. like, uh... Still, <laughs> I'd be 18, leaving the house. Connie, where you think you're going? Like, I'm gonna go. Escobar tattooed in yard. Yeah, he is all wet. Like, uh, what? And. I'm confused. <laughs> what what does that have to again? Science that you will die trying to prove that going oh. outside with your hair wet. They don't believe in science. <laughs> oh just, yeah, there was no science. There was no science. I always had wet hair. Yeah, always. Or how about what I would scrunch my hair with gel so right. you have the wet look, but it wasn't. But every oh. time he'd, be, he'd just look at me. Like, why? You know that's not nice. You still go outside your hair all wet. I'm like, Dad, feel it. Feel my hair. It's not wet. Crispy. Crispy. Very crispy. We're kind of coming to a close here on timing, which is unfortunate because we could probably go on forever on superstitions or christmas or all of these (laughs) random tangents that we've gone on. But if we want to wrap up winemaking... 
we've talked about harvesting, the process of making it, and now consumption. The consumption, yeah. So when I was younger, I obviously... Okay, let's be honest here. They'd give a little taste, and we obviously at that time thought it was disgusting. But uh, I still very much enjoy uh, the fruits of my father's labor. <laughs> um, <laughs> he So he makes his wine, and he has his own carafe of just the plain wine. But when I go over for dinner or lunch, he has this thick green glass pitcher that makes my he makes my sangria. And the sangria is always his wine, splash of ginger ale. Sometimes he gets fancy with a little bit of laranjada or a small. Oh. And then he cuts up an orange. Mm. I hope it's not, not after a five night. o'clock. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, when I tell you, uh, eat that pitcher is always just done. By the end of dinner, I have consumed all of it. I love it. Uh, and actually, all of this talk about it really makes me want to go and be like, all right, how is this made now? So now, like, if I can squeeze it with my feet, I'm going to do that. But I want to I wanna know more about it because that's, that's kind of cool. And all these awesome traditions, they're, they're, they're dying out, right? Because yes. us millennials, although, I, again, speak for myself, super proud to be Portuguese, I'm not carrying out these traditions i can't i don't have a green thumb i can't no. grow things i don't know how to make the wine right so um we need to bring it back we, we gotta we gotta channel our inner old portuguese women and uh right get get to work i know and we we sort of talk about all the time how fun it would be to just like uh, my mom got me all the ingredients to like make masa so i have the masa panage and stuff and i have masa all the oh, ingredients yeah. downstairs so like we gotta make it yeah. and then like or make a goat cheese or right. like oh. just figure it out and right. like go through that and process and they'll be fun trial and error and yeah be like imagine when we get it right like, <laughs> yes we did it i know i always say the one thing i need to learn before anything happens to my mom is how to make her stuffed go hogs yeah that's okay. what i need to learn well Boom. the problem is there's never a recipe no so it's, it's really you learn by watching yeah and then practice you wish for the best yeah <laughs> You the, can eat it anyway, even if it sucks. Yeah. The did déjà majomens. Majomens, um bocadinho disso. A cani, a little pinch. Um bocado. Dad, but yeah. your your fingers are much larger than mine. <laughs> I don't know what a little pinch is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast. Please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.